Jared, I'll do it. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, it's a new era for the Here's the Catch 49ers podcast on the Athletic. David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and our third member, welcome. He'll be with us basically for for every episode or almost every episode. Is former 49er Dennis Brown, who played from 1990 to 1997. Former defensive lineman, won a Super Bowl with the 49ers. So there's going to be a lot to talk about historically and also about this defensive line for the team right now that's really good but Dennis welcome aboard yeah thank you thanks uh for you guys uh invite me to to be a part of this so I'm excited to do it and I think it's going to be a fun and exciting season there's a lot of different storylines I think uh within this team yeah I'm I'm psyched about this addition because uh as you noted uh the defensive line is is supposed to be the the real uh force behind this team the the defense and now we've got a defensive lineman who can sort of uh, talk about those players and what they're doing. All of this is still, I think, uh, new to a lot of people, the, the type of alignment that they're using, the new defensive line coach. So having Dennis on board to sort of uh, walk us through this, I think is going to be very valuable for us. Well, there's already one game to, to break down. The 49ers beat the Cowboys in, in week one of the preseason. And uh, I know that this was a game where the 49ers sat, what, 31 guys. And you know some of them were injury-related. Most of them weren't. But uh, a couple injury-related benchings for for that game along the defensive line. So I don't know how much we can really glean from that performance, but I'm I'm wondering what you saw, Dennis. Well, I I think the first thing that I took from that game against Dallas, you saw a defense that that was mostly the twos, the backups. Uh, Then you saw Dallas come out with their ones. Mm-hmm. You know, Dak was out there, you know, uh, Ezekiel wasn't there. But you saw, you know, the starting offensive line. You saw starting receivers. You saw, you saw the starting quarterback. Uh, and, but you didn't see a score. So I think this defense took a step uh, as far as your backups go. I mean, when you're in the preseason, what you want to see is a lot of your young guys are guys who are developing, like the Sheldon days. See those guys go out there and make plays. And I think that's what, that's what I took from it is that you saw a backup squad go out there and play pretty well. I mean, there were some, some big plays, and then the penalties. We'll talk about the penalties. But there were a lot of good positive stuff that you can pull from just that first series because they were playing against the ones. I know Matt said on Twitter, if the 49ers surpassed 200 penalty yards because they were at 180 at the time, that everybody gets a hot dog. And then promptly there was a pass interference penalty. I think it was on Emmanuel Mosley. They finished with 216 penalty yards, but I did not get a hot dog. Well, what I wonder, is is that the youth or is that just mistakes? I mean, there was a lot of penalties in the game. I don't know if it was the refs, uh, you know, early season getting used to their their throwing arm, throwing yeah. flag arms, or was it just young guys on the football field making mistakes? That's what I couldn't figure out. I mean, is it just young guys making mistakes, or is it just the refs just kind of working on their 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 penalty calling? It seemed to fall into two themes: the the backup offensive line got a lot of holding calls, and and, and maybe that well, offensive linemen hold. Every play. Every, every play. We, every we, we know play. that. We know that. <laughs> and then the, the DBs got called for some, some uh, questionable hits. There was one on Tarverius Moore out of bounds. That was a big penalty. Adrian Colbert got ejected for his. Uh, you referenced the, the pass interference penalty. It, it was actually on Dante Johnson. I, oh, thought, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought he had excellent coverage on that. Uh, that was the one that got the Cowboys down to the four-yard line at the very end. And, and obviously it, it was moot, but... 
Um, I thought that was interesting because uh, it would have been the type of play that uh, Kyle Shanahan would have challenged. He said he definitely would have challenged that pass interference call, except for it came under two minutes, and then somebody upstairs has to do that. He he doesn't even get a chance to, uh, and of course they didn't they didn't stop it. So, uh, well, what do you think about the new rule? I mean, I'm not too clear on it, but you can challenge any pass interference call. Yeah, you can, uh, as long as it's outside of two minutes uh, at the half the or at the end of the game. Then it goes to the booth. Now, there were 15 such challenges uh, in games this past week. Uh, guess how many of them got overturned? One. Exactly, yeah. one. Well, yeah, so that's the thing. The refs be, are going to overturn They're going to be very over. reluctant yeah. to uh, overturn their own calls. Right, this right. is all a product of what happened in the NFC Championship game. Yeah. A knee-jerk reaction. To that. It's going to slow down the game. And We're going to have to watch the tedious replays over and over again. I, I, I don't like it. It's just, a, to me, it's another excuse to slow down a game. And at the end of the day, it should be entertainment. And uh, watching the refs go over the minutia of it is not entertaining. Yeah. And, the, and the chances of the ref overturning their own call, no, I think, I mean, is, is one in 15. Low. Right. Yeah. Well, let's take a look at uh, some of the other things that happened on Saturday. We talked about the defensive line having to really showcase its depth. Uh, I thought, obviously, that was the case all around the field, but there were a few players that we could single out that have a chance to, to win a starting job on this team. The guy I wrote about was was Tarvarius Moore, the free safety, who is still taking snaps with the ones because Jimmy Ward isn't back yet. Adrian Colbert was a big topic of discussion in the press conference with Robert Sala, but to me, it, it seems that Colbert has fallen down the pecking order and because he was thrown out of the game, uh, he didn't do himself any favors. Tarverius Moore got 70 snaps, and Colbert got seven at free safety. And se- was 70 Saturday. the most for any 49ers uh, defense player? Any any player, I think. Okay. 70 snaps for Tarverius Moore. And okay, so here's a guy who runs a 4340, was, you know, at the top of all the testing coming out of out of college, even though he's a raw player. But that's what got him the, the third round draft pick. And I think, to be honest, he's, he's a player the 49ers want to grab that free safety job because of the physical skills. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm an Adrian Colbert guy. I mean, I, I, the way he plays the game, you know, he got thrown out the game. But if you remember, the defense was playing pretty well. But once he got thrown out the game, I felt like the defense went to a different level. I mean, they were playing aggressive all of a sudden. And, and that's what a safety or strong safety – or a defense does. I mean, when you go out and you bang, you set the tone for a football game. And I think, you know, it, it didn't help his case, but I think it helped in that game. I think it really took that defense to the next level, and they really start playing physical after he got thrown out that game. And we just talked to Robert Sala about uh, Adrian Colbert, and he said uh, sort of the same thing, that uh, just before he got ejected, he had a really good... Yeah, two really good plays. Exactly. A, a, good, a, good, yeah. a good tackle on what would have been a, a, a huge gain by the Cowboys on the ground. And um, uh, Colbert was showing off that speed. He's got He's a fast guy in... Uh, uh, himself, and um, he got up to 210 pounds this offseason. So I asked Robert Sala, uh, you know, has that 210 started to slow him down? Is he still the fast guy that he was uh, a year ago? And he said that Colbert was the recorded the second fastest time of any 49er in that game because they, they, they all have these GPS devices mm-hmm. where they can record all that stuff. So, Are you serious about that? Yeah. yeah. So they know how fast you're going during a the game. They, yeah. they know your peak uh, speed. So I think that's, that's how they, uh, they, they measure it. So he was that's number impressive. two at 210. 
And I think it was probably on that on that nice hit that he made. He came across the yeah. field and just took out the uh, the Cowboys runner. So um, and he and he stopped. I mean, it was it was it was a first down, and he stopped. Uh, that running back, I can't remember who the running back was, but he stopped the running back before he got the first down. Yeah. And then the next play, he made a play, then he got kicked out that next Yeah, that next so o- only seven snaps. You, you know, the they track it for all the NFL guys. The fastest player in the league all of last season, also a 49er, Matt Breida. Really? Yeah, he clocked. I, I can believe that. I can believe that. 23 yeah. miles per hour on one of those outside zone pitches. I think it was against Kansas City. Um, maybe Detroit. I think it was early in the season before he was banged up. What's What's a little bit odd is that there are different uh, entities that track these things. <laughs> they sometimes have different uh, results for who was the fastest, uh, depending on. So I don't know if these uh, GPS things align or what, but uh, I know that Raheem Mostert also had a really high time last year. So um, you know, sometimes the uh, the numbers are a little bit dubious, but uh, you, you can believe yeah, it in that case. I, I could see that. You're not talking about any D linemen. I don't think any D linemen <laughs> were were in the uh, crack the top ten. But if you got a scoop and a score, you know it you're would gonna, not be going. You're, you're going uh, as I, fast as you. I was there. Michael Carter took a what was a ninety yard, <gasps> fly, and it it took <laughs> oxygen mask. There were guys were running in front of Mike. And then coming back to my <laughs> he's, a, he's a sundial to time that thing. But, but, you know, while we're on the topic of speed with this free safety competition, Tarverius Moore was a 4-3-2 guy. I think Adrian Colbert was also a 4-3 guy. So they, they both have that speed. Maybe it is in Colbert's advantage that he is a little bit heavier because that's one of the knocks on Tarverius Moore right now. He was 190 last year when he was playing corner. He told me that he bulked up to 205 in the offseason but has since lost a little bit, a little bit of weight because camp, it's hard to keep it on. He says, He's at 197 now, but uh, you know I think maybe that's a little bit worrisome. If you're free safety, you're laying some of these big hits over the middle. 197 might be a little too brittle, right? You, you want to be a little bit heavier, like Colbert, to to dish out well, some yeah, of those if hits. You, if you can get those big hits, you got to be bigger. But I think, I mean, when you talk about this 49er, especially on defense, the big question mark is that secondary. So there's an opportunity for someone, and, and it's got to work where you know you got to be you know fast and all that, but you got to have that technique. I mean, you got to be a technician. And what we saw last year and two years with the secondary were a lot of busted plays. So you have to be sound, fundamentally sound in your technique. You got to know your coverage and your assignments, and all the rest of that stuff just kind of happens with it. So your speed and your weight and all that stuff. That comes into play, but first you got to be fundamentally sound in your technique, and I think that's what you know. We talk about these guys. I think we're still waiting for someone in that secondary to kind of step up and say, "Listen, I'm leading." I mean, we know what Richard Sherman can do. We know what he can do. There, other than him, there's no one else in the secondary right now that you can say that's the guy. I mean, we spend the preseason and even during the season saying it's going to be that guy. It's going to be that guy. So we need some of these guys who are developing to kind of step up and make that stance and say, listen, this is – that's why I'm an Adrian guy, I'm Adrian Colbert guy, because he's a guy that sets a tone on, on, on that defense. I mean, he hits – I mean, he makes some – you know, he gets kind of – he, he bites on some of those, those inside routes, and, you know, he is the free safety, the strong safety, and he's the last vowel. But if he can get fundamentally sound – or he can get his assignments right. I mean, he's going to be a superstar in this league. And, you know, like I said, this defense, secondaries, only – I mean, linebackers, yes. I think linebackers going to be okay. I just look at this secondary and I just kind of go, who's going to be the guy who's going to stand up? Who's going to be the guy who's going to lead this? You know, you know, Richard Sherman, we know what he does, like I said. But who's going to be that guy in the secondary who's going to be that man? They seem to be trying to give Tarverius Moore as many snaps as they can get. I mean, uh, you talk about fundamentally sound – 
Um, you know, what about Jaquaski uh, Tart? I mean, he's a guy. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy. What is he? A second round draft pick? Second round draft yeah. pick. Second, he's and, going and into his injuries after injuries. But you know, he was a guy when he first came out. I was thinking, okay, this is he's going to be the thumper. He's going to be the tone setter on defense. And that's a, those are the kind of guys I'm talking about. The guys who are supposed to be at at their point right now in their career that you have developed now, and now you are that guy on the defense. Yeah, that that he has not stepped up to. Yeah, every to, year we talk about a younger secondary. guy. Here yeah. comes another guy. He's going to be the right. guy. Well, shoot, we got a room full of DBs. And, and you know you what? Know? It, it's important that they find, especially at that safety position, that free and strong safety. Two guys that work well together and are consistent. They went through nine different safety combinations last year. And my favorite obscure stat, but I think it shows a lot. When I when I dug it up last season, they for the first five week stretch of the season. Uh, where they had the same two guys wasn't until the final five weeks of the year. And over the final five weeks of the year, the 49ers gave up the second lowest explosive rate in all football. It was, it was at Marcel Harris and, uh, and uh, uh, Exum? Exum. Marcel yeah. Harris and Antone Exum. So they were the worst team in football through the first 12 weeks of the, uh, of the year as far as giving up explosive plays. You were talking about it. Miscommunications, bad fundamentals, guys were getting over the top. All of a sudden, they got to from worst to second best over the final five weeks. And that happened to be the final five weeks where they actually had safety continuity. So I think not only do you have to find your two guys, but you have, you have to make sure that those guys play communicate and, and play ball together. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Sheldon Day at the, at the top of the show as, as one of the younger guys uh, uh, who, who showed up against that Dallas first-team defense. De- Demontre Moore... Uh, was one of the, the defensive ends, number 92, and he's been way down the depth chart, and no one's talked about him. Uh, but but he had a very good game. He's had some good practices as well, and I wonder, uh, you know, this team is probably going to go very deep on defensive linemen as far as the 53-man roster, and we've always had Contavious Street as being sort of that 10th guy, guys coming back from an ACL. But I, I wonder whether... There's a bit of a competition now with Demontre Moore starting to kind of push him for that final spot. Well, here, here's the thing about defense. I mean, you, you can have a kind of a so-so secondary, but if you've got a good front four, front seven, or whatever it might be, it can make up for that. And you always carry a lot of defensive linemen. And I saw in the game on Saturday, I think it was in the fourth quarter, that they ran midfield, because it's easier from the sidelines, they ran one regiment of defensive linemen out and another back in. So, you know, with this team, the way this team is, is kind of built, I think you need to have a lot of depth in defensive line. And again, I mean, we know who's going to start. I, mean, I guess we don't know who's going to start, but here's what we, who we want to start. Yeah. And it, it's, pretty, it's pretty decent. You know, you got Solomon out there. You got you got Eric Armstead. We know what D Ford can do. We know what uh, DeForest Buckter can do. And when Nick Bosa comes back, but there's going to have to be those guys backing them up, yeah, to play at that same level. So again, preseason's about opportunities, uh, and these guys, when they have their opportunity to go out, no matter what the competition is, if you're going against a third string uh, uh, defensive tackle or whatever it is you still have to play at a very high level. And I think you saw that uh, uh, on Saturday. I think you saw guys, you know, technique-wise, you know, getting in the backfield, uh, you know, good uh, pass rush moves. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you always have to – you have an opportunity, you're on the field, you have to play very well. You have to play not down to your competition but up to your competition. You have to play like you're a starter. And I think they're good on a defensive line. But, again, 
Depends on, you know, what happens with Nick Bosa. I don't know what's going to happen with that. D Ford, I don't think I've seen him at practice, and I've been to a few practices. I haven't seen him yet. So, you know, Solomon Thomas, he's got to step up. Yeah. You know, he's a guy, you know, third overall or wherever he was, and everyone's still kind of waiting for him. I still don't get why he's on the outside, why he's rushing from the outside. He's a mechanical cat. I mean, put him on the inside. You know, Eric Armstead, they got him still on the inside, but put him on the outside. But that's why I'm not the coach. But, you know, those guys like that who are, who are on the field – have to get a lot better. These guys are developing. Well, too. Why do you call Solomon Thomas a mechanical cat? Well, he's a so if you watch him in college, when I say mechanical, it's not negative. Yeah. I mean, when you when you play on the outside, you got to be that that ballerina type guy. You know, you got to be arm over and things like that. Um, when you're inside, you're working in a shorter space. You feel me? So it, it's you know you got a guard and a tackle that you're reading. So everything's kind of like and Solly's got a great rip. Yeah. You know, and that's his best move, that rip. Now, rip is, a, is like a close combat thing. It's like a boom. Right. You're in a gap, and then you kind of, you know, you, you shed an offensive tackle or a guard or a center. He's just, you know, he's like that. You know, he's just like boom, boom, short spaces. He's now, a when boxer. You're a, he does boxing. Yeah. So when you're, when you're on the outside, I mean, you have to – I mean, you've got to run that hump. You've got to run all the way around. So I like him on the inside because he's a guy that's just like bam. Bam, those quick steps, you know. He can get into a gap, and he's so strong, and he's not, you know, Eric Armstead is, you know, 6'8", right. or whatever he is. So he's got those big, long arms and things. Solly's that tight, like, you know, the boxer, that yep. uppercut, boom, boom. He works really well in that short space. So, But he's on the outside. So, you know, we'll see again kind of what he does. But I think that defense can be magical, man. Think about it, man. They're going to hopefully – I think the ultimate goal is, and right now health is precluding them from doing this, but if you have a healthy Nick Bosa, you have a healthy D Ford, that lets Solomon Thomas shift inside a whole lot more yes, this year. Yes, and you think about it, If you got those two guys on the outside and this wide nine, we talked about this wide nine, and what the wide nine is is both your ends are kind of out there wide. And what it does, it makes the offensive tackle – I mean, you got to respect that. So you got to be ready to get out there if it's a pass, right? So your guard has to open up a little bit more. So there's more space on the inside. You think about DeForest Buckner on the inside with more space to work. Yeah. Or Eric Armstead on the inside with more space to or work. Or even Solomon. Or Solomon Thomas. And the defense can be special, but those guys got to get healthy. That's a whole different deal. But that's what that wide nine does. It spreads out the offensive line. So they're not, you know, they're not last year, you know, it was probably two feet space between the guard, a guard and a tackle. You know, because they they weren't respecting an outside pass rush because there was no outside pass rush. So once you get guys who are pass rushing, you got to get out there. So you open it up your stance. A little Does bit. it make you nervous from a defensive line uh, perspective about how they will deal with the run uh, inside runs, uh, spreading spreading the linemen out as far as they do? Well, the challenge is going to be linebackers. Because, you know, linebackers and that strong safety has to come up for run support. Yeah. I mean, that's, but that's your job. I mean, I'm a defensive <laughs> lineman. My coach says that I, this is my gap and this is your gap. You know, so, I mean, the, 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 stress is, the stress is on the linebackers. They got more, right. more area to cover or that strong safety coming up and, uh, you know, and that run support. You got, you know, you got a lot of space to cover. But, you know, that's, that, that's what that wide nine does. That's why you got to get that physical strong safety that's, that's not willing to get – that's willing to get into the box and make some hits. So, like, you know, it's it, – I mean, I've never played a wide nine. I was talking to Charles Haley about it. He didn't really like it. But, you know, it, it, it's what they're running. 
And I think they have the horses to run it. Yeah, and the whole, some of those horses have to be the fast linebackers, right? And we've, right. we've seen them double down on their commitment to speed at linebacker. Dre Greenlaw, we talk about the player tracking oh, he chips. he had an amazing game. And, and he was – they were saying – I didn't believe it, but now I believe it because I, I see him play. He, he clocked the fastest time of any guy on Arkansas's defense last year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he was you know, a linebacker. Well, so. he's, a, he's a guy – I watched him in practice. And, you know, you always talk about guys around the ball – but truly, he is yeah. always around the dang ball. Yeah, you know he's he, he's his instinct. You know he's a quick he's quick and he's a guy, but he gets around the ball, and that's what you want. And sometimes he runs behind a guard, or but he gets to the ball, and that's what you want. And he did it on Saturday. He, I mean, he, even on special teams too. I think that's something. He ran there. a very pedestrian forty yard dash coming out of the draft. He was hurt though, right? Uh, he was hurt, but I mean, he he never tested well in in the forty. But uh, on, on the field, he's just a different guy. Football speed's way different. Football yeah, speed yeah. is uh, is is so good. Yeah, and that's what those tracking chips, I guess, can measure. But I, I was really impressed with him. I thought that there were a couple plays where you scratched your head. I think he bit on on a play fake, and then the tight end yeah, play Jarwin. Yeah, the, yeah. That's but just Sala that's growth, though. It. That's just yeah. You know, exactly. this is first NFL. NFL game right there. Yeah, and Dallas was doing a really good job to play action for a while there. You know, they were really kind of you know uh, get the ball or not get the ball, and then play action was killing him for a while. And he did get sucked in on that one, but he recovered well. And he got back and made the tackle. But that's just growing. Exactly. Again, you know, you're in the NFL, your first game, and, and that's just part of the, the development and the growth in the NFL. Now, another guy I want to talk about is Quan Alexander. I mean, has, has, has anybody seen him in practice? Yes. He, we've seen him in practice, but they're holding him out. I think we'll probably see him yeah. uh, on th- this Monday, next Monday right? Yeah, yeah. against yeah, Denver. I, th- I, I think, think he's going to make his uh, debut on Monday night and probably yeah. play in, uh, in the third game, and then all of those guys will be – off the field uh, yeah. for game four. Yeah. Well, well I've, I saw him play a couple times, and he reminds me of a young uh, – uh, what's the linebacker up in Seattle? Bobby, Bobby Wagner? Bobby Wagner. Well, he that reminds be, me of a young – Yeah, he reminds – the way he runs, sideline to sidelines. I mean, he's just that linebacker. I mean, Kwan's not, not the biggest guy in the world, but it, to me it feels like he just – Sideline to sidelines, he's that guy that that runs. And I haven't seen him in practice and didn't see him Saturday. So I'm curious to see him and kind of what he does, how he fits into the Well, he's coming off the the torn ACL in week six last year. So there was always the concern that, oh, maybe he won't be fully up to speed uh, this season. But right now, some guys seem to recover very quickly from these ACLs. Some guys not as quickly. Look at Jarek McKinnon. But Aziz Alshair, the guy who had the huge hit. Uh, from Florida Atlantic. What's, what's that name again? I've, I've always said Aziz. Aziz I, I think he pronounces Ash- it Aziz Al Shire. Uh, Aziz Al Shire. Al Shire. It's A A L S H A A I R. Well, he's coming off a severe ACL tear that limited it. Came about later than Jarek McKinnon's last year, and didn't he show is, Saturday. It, it, it's not showing at all in <laughs> practice. Show it the guy Saturday is explosive, and he. Yeah. He lit up whoever that poor running back was on that play. Yeah. Sideline went crazy. But I guess Quan Alexander, the question is, is he going to come back like Aziz or is he going to come back like – I think he's already ahead of where, where Jared yeah, McKinnon was, I mean, obviously. It's, it's, but. It seems like the two linebackers, Al Shire and uh, Alexander, are ahead of everybody. And it's ironic because their ACLs both happened in October. Yep. The other guys happened in, in September, and yet they seem to be – I mean, I think that just – tells you everything you need to know about ACLs. There's just no rhyme or reason to them. Yeah. Some guys come back from them. Some guys have a, a lot uh, more difficulty. I, to me, what was interesting is that uh, 
John Schneider, the uh, Seahawks GM, was behind me watching this game, and I wonder who he was looking at. Like, who are the 49ers going to cut that the Seahawks pounce on? Because they uh, always seem to end up with a lot of ex-49ers on their team. And Al Shire is interesting because he played in that uh, that same defense, Monty Kiffin. Yeah, Kiffin was the coordinator. Kiffin was yeah. the coordinator at Florida Atlantic. So it's the same defense that the 49ers are using, which is why he looks so so fast. And it's also the same defense that the Seahawks use. So you could see them uh, pouncing if uh, if the 49ers somehow let him yeah, go. And, and, and that's the game. I mean, you, you, you're always looking. And when I was playing, I was always told that you're auditioning for everyone else. Right, you yeah. Know, if you make the team, great. But you're auditioning for all the other teams. And I think about going to Denver this week and – you know, I, I can see I can see John Lynch just you know at practice just seeing okay if he's not there maybe him maybe him. Well, those two teams play the same offense now. Huh? I mean the the, the 49ers ex quarterbacks coach yeah. runs their offense, so it's the same exact. And it offense. works out perfect for you know for a team for a scouting like yeah. oh we'll have practice with Denver. Yeah, but the, but hey. also Denver can kind of poach the, yeah, the 49ers yeah. players. So That's it's a two, two way street. Speaking of offense, is there anything that we can glean? From that side of the ball, we, we're probably going to see Jimmy Garoppolo for the first time this week, so we're going to have to limit our observations to the other three quarterbacks, which was uh, Nick Mullen, C.J. Beathard, and Wilton Spate. But, um, no Beathard today in practice, though, yeah, so I don't, I don't know if he's going to be healthy enough. Finger injury, in right? Yeah, thumb injury. So, And Spate took his first 11-on-11 um, reps today, so we're probably going to see after Garoppolo some Mullen, some Spate if Beathard's not ready. Uh, offensively, though, it, it's tough because the 49ers rested so many guys that we saw a lot of backup linemen. And uh, we saw backup running backs, obviously, because they were sitting those guys. So I think you have to really zero your evaluations of this game in on the receivers. And uh, that's who you wrote about, Matt. But we, we had Jalen Hurd looking like the old power back that he was yeah. in, in the open field running guys over. And we, we saw Debo Samuel make a nice play. Yeah, um, I was impressed with the young receivers. Um, I'm a Washington guy, so I'm a, a Dante Pettis yeah. guy. And, you know, he had an opportunity on Saturday. Uh, Marquise wasn't there. I think... Coach Shanahan is still kind of looking for his number one, and I think he wants Dante to be that number one receiver, and he's trying to figure out kind of how to get it out of him. And there's a reason why he was drafted in the second round. I think because he fits into this off. I mean, he's a guy in college that was great about getting separation. Once you get the ball, yards after the catch, you know, that elusive kind of guy. And I think right now Coach Shanahan is like, okay, now we want to see it. This is year two. Year one, you went through a lot of different injuries. This is year two now. We want to see it. And we saw in a press conference when he talks about Dante, it seems like he's always kind of, yeah. come on, come on, man, come on. Because I think he sees something. He see, well, obviously he sees something. He drafted him in the second round. But he sees something, and I, I don't think he's ever, he hasn't seen it yet. And he, he's trying to get it out of Dante. And I think he's got it in him. I think this year two, he's going to take another step. I didn't see much of it on Saturday. But I, I think Dante is going to be that cat that's going to be – that big explosive guy. I mean, you know, with, with, with Marquise, you can take the top off the defense. And, and, but watching Debo and, and Jalen, I mean, I mean, Hurd is, that's my guy. I mean, he is, just standing behind him, I'm just like, holy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a new element, right? Of, like, of strength. Wow. And I was, I was talking to Tanika, and I was like, that's like a, I don't know if you guys remember um, who's the tight end I was talking about, that CTE is killing me here. All right. Yeah. What, what just happened right there? <laughs> Uh, Dennis used his giant defensive lineman hands, and it basically broke wow. the table. 
and all of the uh, I, I do apologize that we use to, to do this podcast. So so quite often because of the hits I've taken, I to get my brain working again, I'll bang on something and it gets my brain going again. Were, so, you, th- were you thinking of Delaney Walker? I was thinking okay. of Delaney Walker. Kind of you know, and, and I, I looked at look at Jalen and and you know he's he was a running back. Uh, he's got great hands, man. He's got great hands, and he's a guy that you're not going to take down with you know an arm tackle. And you can put him in the backfield. You can put him in slot. You know, he can run receiver routes. And and I I like him. I think we saw in the red zone kind of what he does. And he's a physical guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's physical. And, you know, he's not one of these soft receiver. You know, he's a guy that doesn't mind the contact. And I like that. And same thing with, with Debo. Debo seems like he runs with, you know, that in and around. I mean, he like he runs with some authority. Like, you know, I don't mind. I'm going to take a hit. I'm going to take a hit. You know, so I, I like the young guys. But I'm still – you know, Dante, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to explode this season. Yeah, he, that's my bold prediction. How about I, I th- that? I think Delaney Walker is a great uh, comparison to Jalen Hurd because I think that's exactly what the 49ers want to turn him into. I mean, it, Delaney Walker is listed as a tight end, but I mean, and, and he'll line up in line a few times a game, but mostly he's lining up as as a big slot, mm-hmm. which is what you know Jalen Hurd is already doing. And imagine the mismatches. Well, yeah, I mean, if you've got yeah. if you've got a little you know Kwan Williams sized slot cornerback who's out there to stop like a Trent Taylor, and then all of a sudden you move Trent Taylor off the field and you bring a Jalen Hurd onto the field, you know, a 180-pound guy who's 5'8 is going to have a hard time with 6'5", 233. He said he's in the, in the low 230s. He's, he's a wide a receiver. Well, he's I mean, a even Tyvis Powell was totally overmatched, former 49ers corner on the touchdown, right? And, he, and he's a big corner. That's yeah. one of the guys they got for the cover three. So I think, yeah, I think Jalen Hurd brings a new element. It's it's another you know page in this book of po- positionless football, I think, that Kyle Shanahan's trying to establish offensively. He doesn't care if you're not 5'8", like Trent Taylor. I'll bring in you know, a former power back at Tennessee to be the slot receiver. Yeah. And, and because of that, the defense is going to have a really tough time matching up. And what Coach Shanahan does a great job of is, is finding those mismatches. You know, and if he can get a guy like a Jalen Hurd, you know, even on a linebacker, a linebacker won't be able to hang with him, you know, and get him with small cornerbacks or, or nickel guy. And I think that's what he saw, you know, going into the draft, what he can kind of use his kid in. And like I said, he's a rock. Yeah. I mean, every time I practice, I'm like, holy mackerel. Yeah, from the waist you know? down, he's got legs and, oh, and thighs goodness. that look like a uh, like a tailback. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you're going to bring out. him down with one, you know, it's, and we saw it in those red zone plays. I mean, he's going to be a guy that's going to be huge in the if, red you, zone. if you guys want a fun watch, just go on YouTube and type in um, the Jalen Hurd Tennessee running back highlights. It's, it's fun. And, you, and yeah. you could see a lot of his. You know, running back now nowadays, so it's fun to go back and watch when he was the featured guy there before he transferred to Baylor and learned yeah. the, the yeah, we, air we, raid offense. We, we have not seen him line up at all uh, as a tailback in, in any of these practices, but I mean, th- this team has a bunch of 205-pound tailbacks. I just wonder if they're ever on the one and they need to crash in, whether... They'll just uh, put him Give back there. That's, and, that's 235 pounds back there. That's, that's a lot of mass coming at the Don't Don't show line. it now. Yeah. Uh, th- that's something that I think we may see, but of course they're not going to line up in the preseason that way. No, no, I'm saying some... practice. We haven't even seen it. So. Yeah. I think that's that's a trick, though. I think you're onto something. I think Kyle Shannon has that up his sleeve. Kittle took a handoff last year. Yeah. You know, so, you know, when I talk about positionless football, I, it's obviously guys have different roles, but I think that Shanahan has made it to the point where, you know, guys you don't expect are going to be taking end arounds. Yeah. Guys that you don't expect may take a handoff. Well, well, George Kittle, I mean, fantastic season. Now, guess what? Everyone game plans you. So what an opportunity 
for guys like Dante Pettis. Yeah. You know, because everyone's going to be like, hey, you get that tight end, you got to figure where that tight end at every snap. Now, when I talk about, you know, the second year exploding onto the scene, guys like Dante Pettis, I think, can have, has the opportunity at least to have a fantastic year because everybody's going to be focusing on that tight end because he just killed everybody last year. I mean, if the other wide receivers are those kind of ferocious guys that Jalen heard, uh, Debo Samuel, does does Dante Pettis have to be that as well, or can he just sort of be his pedestrian? Not pedestrian. <laughs> I'm saying he, he's a bit more finesse. I mean, he's he's a he's a great route runner. Um, he's just not known Wait. to be a uh, you know a big uh, you know, ferocious flashes. guy. Oh no, I, I don't think he will ever be a big ferocious guy. But the skill level that he has, yeah. I mean, we saw it last season, the ability to get open. I mean, he's so quick. You know, if you can get him isolated, and Coach Shanahan did a great job last year getting him isolated where he can do that little move and just get wide. That's what he does, and I think that's why he's here, the ability to create that separation from defensive backs. So now he's going to get the opportunity, I think, him and Marquise. You know, he, he, he's, they're going to have the opportunity to be isolated on some of, these, some of the secondary to get open, to get the ball into space, and to make big plays. It's going to be exciting. I, I think, think so. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think Kyle Shanahan was able to impress me with you know how he was able to get guys open, even when he was pretty severely shorthanded in 2017 and 2018. He didn't really have the the big piece like Jalen Hurd to fully punch things through in in the red zone. And uh, coincidentally, the the 49ers or not coincidentally, the 49ers struggle in situations like that. But I think finally, you look at this year. They have the personnel to be able to attack certain situations more in, in a way that they would like to attack them. And obviously, the the end story is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo's health. If you don't have the star quarterback playing at at a high level, then it's hard to cohesively bring everything together. But I think that's you know, if we're turning attention to this game against Denver, that's the one thing that we have to watch: is Jimmy Garoppolo fully game ready, coming off an ACL, as we were talking about ACLs uh, a little bit earlier, to glue everything together because I think the individual pieces are really intriguing now after a couple drafts yeah. but it, it, this is the QB league you know this is a QB league now and Jimmy's got to bind it all together on on Monday yeah and every time I come out to practice I try to look at Jimmy Garoppolo and see if I see a little hitch in his step or if he's throwing the ball kind of you know I'm not a quarterback expert but he looks good in practice I mean he I mean you know he, he's a quarterback and he plays the quarterback. He's always been a quarterback. It's not nothing new to him. So, you know, his throws, his, his, you know, his mechanics, I mean, to me at least, I mean, you guys can probably speak to it more. It, it looks like he looks good. Um, I, I don't see him limping around. I don't see him, you know, every time putting ice on his knee and things like that. Um, and we talk about the team, the pieces. I mean, this is year three now in a six-year deal. Uh, for Coach Shanahan, and he's got, as they say, his people now. So if his people, his guys, and his offense can go out and do the vision, you know, that Coach Shanahan has, I think it's going to be a great year. But, you know, these guys got to, you know, be able to do what they're here to do. And we talk about Dante, and that's what he's here to do. I mean, he's here to get himself open and make big plays and be explosive. So all these pieces that you talk about – Everyone kind of has to do their job, and that's the way football works, you know. But it's it's a crucial year because it's year three, yeah, yeah. You know, and now you've got your guys, you know, John Lynch. You went out and got your free agents. You got your draft picks. So now it Time all to has win. to come together. And when you see like a guy like a Nick Bosa go down, it's like, 
oh man, you know, here we go. What are we doing here? And the McKenna, I mean, his knee's not right yet. You know, it's like, oh, you know, here we go again with this. Is it a curse or what's going on? But you've got your pieces. You said, I mean, that was a perfect statement. Couple drafts, you've got your people now. Now this vision has to kind of come to what, I mean, at this point right now, I mean, eight and eight, it'd be like a parade, right? You know, just to be competitive. Yeah, you they, know? They, they do need that. They, they need to at least hit 500, I think, this year. They need to be in the playoff hunt in October because the last two years they were already out of it by the yeah. second month of the season. Yeah, yeah which is ridiculous. Just compete. So. I mean, just compete. And, uh, you know, every year the 49ers, they're going to be the sleeper team. And, I'm, and I don't even – I try not even watch sports tell. I mean, every year it's since, you know, it's been, oh, they're going to be the team. It's a sleeper team. It's a sleeper team. And, you know, they've just fallen asleep. But, you know, again, this year it's, again – 49ers they're going to compete for the you know this and that and that I'm like well we gotta we gotta get it rolling here first you know they got the guys and I think you know we all agree we talked about it it seems it's a pervasive theme every time because it is the key for this team it is the health and they 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 need Garoppolo healthy first and foremost throughout the whole season and then then on defense you know know, former defensive lineman here so you know the importance of of Bosa and, and and D4 there's a reason they spent a lot of capital to go out and get those guys. So uh, I'm sure every week when we come back here talking, it will be, you know, we'll dedicate a lot of the show to seeing where the 49ers are health-wise because that derailed them last year and they're going to need it to, to stay on track this season. Anyway, we're, we're just about uh, up against time here, but it, it's been a lot of fun, Dennis. Thanks for uh, yeah, coming thanks, on. Thanks, Dennis. You guys this is going to be, um, this is going to be, I think. It, and I won't it, bang the table anymore. <laughs> no, yeah, well, we got to get more durable equipment because it uh, c- cut out on us about 10 minutes ago. I, I but, think the uh, sound effects are great when you bang the table. Yeah. <laughs> Adds a little <laughs> element. I'm sure Tanika, our producer, may, may add a funny sound effect. She gave me I, a look, didn't she? She's like, what are you doing? Boys, boys. <laughs> Maybe a nice laugh track or something there. There was a good one that you put in, Tanika, a couple weeks ago. Um, I, oh, it was the little drum roll at the comedy shows that, you know. Bump, Yeah, yeah. But I'm. <laughs> because uh, I think it was because we had a funny play on words. Well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks to Dennis Brown. Thanks to Matt Barrows. Um, I'm David Lombardi. This is the Here's the Catch podcast on The Athletic. We'll talk to you guys next week.